Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits, Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going for you? Going good. Yep, going all right. Um, all right. What have you been playing recently? Uh, mostly, I've been playing Grounded. I've been getting a lot into that game. Um, that isn't. I don't want to call it like an actual um, base building game because. The base building parts are pretty minimal. I mean, they're there, and you can use them, but they're not really necessary for things. Um, so, I mean, the only thing you really have to build is a sleeping bed for you to sleep in at night. But mm-hmm. you don't have to build, like, shelters or defenses or anything like that to really, you know, survive, survive. Um, but it's just a fun game. I mean, there's a lot of story to it. It's... Not a lot of audio. There's very there's like each playable character has maybe two dozen stock phrases that they just rotate through. Um, so there's no not a whole lot of dialogue in that. Um, the main character that I don't really want to call it an antagonist just yet because we don't really know enough about that does have some audio cues, um, but it's not a whole lot. It's like you find something and then you get maybe like a 30 second blurb kind of reminds me of the old audio tapes you used to find in fallout three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I haven't really had a whole lot of time to, and, uh, to play, but that's been my main source of gaming so far. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking to get into grounded at some point. I think I want to wait for a physical release though, so I can rent it, uh, which was the whole point of me getting series X as opposed to an S so that I could have a disc drive. Um, I've got no issues playing with Game Pass, it's just I also have the other service, and I don't need to sort of jump onto playing Grounded right now. Um, so for me, my main thing has been um, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Uh, it's been going fun, I'm trying to manage my time with it, because I do I do get a bit kind of, not tired, tired's not the right word to use, a bit sort of... Um, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of, there's a fair bit of like grinding and stuff. I think David mentioned this on Geek Time Radio this week because he's been playing it as well. Um, because in terms of like, okay, making my own garden and stuff like that, I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing the bare minimum that I need to go through the quests because I don't feel the need to do it in other situations. Um, so I'm just kind of going from character to character and like, hey, what do you want? from like you know cooking or whatever it is uh, going from task to task basically um it they're starting to not ramp up the difficulty but ramp up these sort of requirements for for it uh for example i, I don't really consider this spoilers because it's not really i don't really know if you could spoil this game per se um because essentially all you're doing is you know meeting disney characters and hanging out with them and doing stuff with them so it's not really a spoiler as to who is in the game or whatever um, but you meet, uh, I can't remember his name, but Moana's dad, and you try to convince him to join Moana on your island, um, because essentially the, the idea of the characters outside of your main level <clears throat> is they've got their own different realms, which are all themed around their films and things like that, so when you go to Moana's world, which is the first realm that I went to, I had options of some others, but she's the one that I picked first, um, you kind of go there and it's got like the beach and the sea, you know, the Moana related things um, and then her boat and stuff like that. So that, that kind of makes sense, which is kind of cool because then you get to visit their sort of realm. Um, but essentially, the, the, one of the ideas of the story is like there's this dark and darkness sort of thing that happened. And that's why there's loads of nasty thorns all over the place. And 
those characters left the world um, to go back to their world, so their their realms. Um, so back to their sort of films, if you if you put it that way. Because um, the only characters that are in um, the Dreamlight Valley place is like the um, core Mickey Mouse character. So Scrooge, Merlin is kind of there because he's a wizard. Um, you know, Mickey, Goofy, you know, all, all those characters, Minnie as well. Um, so they're kind of the core ones that stay there. Um, I suppose in a way because, you know, you do relate Mickey Mouse to the Disney castle and the Disney castle is like the main thing that's in the, in the realm. So that's why he's there anyway. Um, plus I don't really know what you would do for, for like Mickey themed realm. I suppose it would be the place that you're at anyway, which is the, the Disney castle sort of area. Um, so there's all that, but <clears throat> essentially what you do is, um, you do uh, tasks with these other characters. So like with Moana, you're repairing, or you you, cle- you cleared debris around her boat, and then you sort of go fishing with her, which is kind of fun. Um, and then she agrees to join your realm. Then you get her a little house, and you have to find somewhere to put it. So your area is going to start getting a little bit more busy, I suppose. Uh, she's the only, she's the first character I've whose realm I've gone to to bring her back. And then Moana's dad, um, the one the one is voiced by Dwayne Rock Johnson. Um, he's like, hey, if you're going to get me to go with Moana, you're going to have to make me these meals, and that's where you do cooking. I've not quite gotten that part done yet. Um, but, uh, you know, still, it's still uh, pretty fun. You right there? Okay, that was a lot of noise. Um, but, uh, no, you, you do that, and then you kind of just, um, you, you keep going with that. But then you're still doing tasks with Goofy and Mickey, and they, they come up to you now and again and say, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And you kind of just go from there. Um, but no, it's good so far. I just sort of I'm managing my time with it as opposed to okay, when have I sort of done enough for one day? Because this this doesn't feel like a game I'm gonna. I don't know what completing this game looks like because they're gonna add. I mean, I'll do what's in the game so far. There is a set level of characters and stuff, but then they're gonna add to it later. So uh, that's why I bought it because I thought, hey, if if in a few months or a few years they're still adding characters, um, I can just keep it and keep playing it like that. So. Uh, been doing some of that, played some cards as well um, in the last two weeks now, really, of playing Modern Warfare 19 because obviously the campaign is out on the 21st uh, and then the multiplayer is out on the 28th, so just about two more weeks left of that. Um, I want to kind of do like a final stream or something at one point and uh, I will probably do a podcast as well, just just kind of talking about my three-year experience with this game because, you know, that's not a short amount of time to spend doing something, so I'll, I'll do that at some point. Um, but that's pretty much been me. Um, I tried, um, Skate Session Sim, and I just wasn't connected. It wasn't because the game was bad. I was just like, okay, I'm I'm just not going to play this right now, sort of thing. Like, well, it wasn't me sort of saying I'll never play this game again or anything like that, but, um, I started doing the tutorial and I was kind of, I don't know, I wasn't in the mood to play it, I suppose. So I was like, hey, that's a slot that's being taken up. Gotham Knights does come out soon. I've got some other games on my boomerang list again. So I just want to kind of keep the list clear. Um, and then I tried the Cowabunga collection, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, it's it's got, again, again it, that that's a bit different because that's like the old arcade game sort of collection. My only issue with both that game and the Shredder's Revenge is I really want to play as the Turtles as a group of four. I control one of them and then the computer controls the other three because it's just strange to me if I'm playing a Ninja Turtles game and I'm playing as one of them at a time. Like I I always consider them a team 
Um, but the Justice League, I, I know like Batman and Superman and all those characters got their own stories, but um, the Ninja Turtles, I don't think usually sort of do that. They they always fight as a team. So um, again, not a bad game. I just dipped into it and sort of hmm, wasn't really quite sort of for me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been dabbling in for games. But my main thing's been uh, Dreamlight Valley, trying to get that done, and then uh, COD is gonna come out soon. So there's that. Um, right, it's so all that we've been doing recently for games and things like that. Um, Alright, yeah, that's it for stuff we've been doing and everything else like that. Uh, let's move on to some housekeeping, and then we've got some very interesting news to talk about. See you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode, and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well, so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, over on the United Cast, which was the newest episode from Thursday, we played a team called Ammonia, 
um, who is a team from Cyprus, which is usually a holiday destination for some people. Uh, but we beat them by three goals to two. Nice sort of comeback and everything. Um, I felt like the manager made some correct choices, which is good. Uh, we played today, but in a few hours' time, so I thought we'd do the... That's why we've rescheduled Gaming Talk today, because we're playing at 7 o'clock, which I don't remember if I've ever seen Man United play at 7 o'clock before. We played at 7.45 before, but not 7 o'clock. Um, but yeah, that's why we switched this around today. Um, but yeah, three goals to two. We'll see who starts. We'll find out in a few hours. Uh, so yeah, that's the newest result. Uh, we'll be playing Everton today. So look out later for that podcast when that game happens. And the only difference is with things like football and cinema, you can't reschedule those because you just can't. So, um, Alright, the Walking Dead podcast this week. It's back for the last eight, well now seven episodes left uh, of the final part of the final season. Uh, season 11, episode 17. Uh, We're going to be covering all the way up to the last episode which will be episode 24 uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever had a new trailer that came out which prompted me to do a film preview not a review I've not seen the film it's a film preview uh, predictions discussing characters obviously you know the big thing going on with that film is the Black Panther mantle and how that will all be handled and everything like that um, and also talking about Ironheart being introduced very excited to see how that all goes so my Black Panther Wakanda Forever preview is out and of course I'll be seeing the film uh, next month now yes we're in October aren't we so uh, that's that uh, gaming talk last week we talked about Google Stadia shutting down uh, some more stuff and information updates for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and talked about PlayStation Stars as well over on the United cast last weekend we lost 6-3 to Manchester City could have been worse could have also obviously been better but that was the um, Scoreline from that game, uh, so Erling Haaland just keeps scoring goals. Uh, over on the chat podcast this month, um, which is for the September 2022 edition, we talked about how the month went for entertainment talk, uh, talked about the Queen and the Royals, obviously big things happening over there, and talked about podcast planning and mentality, so we talked about all of that. Over on TV season reviews, reviewed the sixth, the penultimate season of Working Mums season six, it's a spoiler free spoiler split review so uh talked about all of that gave that a must see rating which is still very very good so uh, that'll be wrapping up next year with a seventh season over on the world the last of us podcast did a long 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 review uh, i think the longest review i've ever done which is the last of us part one uh got an extension to it as well because it was an hour 50 then i forgot to record a piece for it so i extended it and slotted in a new piece of audio uh, so if you've um, if you didn't see the extended part of it, go to the one hour eight minute mark. Uh, but that's over two hours for that review. Lots of deep stuff to dive into. Uh, there is a spoiler free section at the start, just in case you want my thoughts on the gameplay and that sort of stuff like that. Um, Walking Dead uh, preview for the final episode. You can still listen to that if you'd like to as well. What would the Last of Us podcast discussing the new trailer? Obviously, TV show adaptation comes out next year on HBO and for us Sky Atlantic so that's the trailer for that a podcast discussing the trailer for that and that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's get into some news get into the news something i want to mention actually something in just kind of the behind the scenes stuff um this this won't necessarily apply for episodes that i do solo because obviously there's not another person talking i'm noticing sometimes when i'm editing 
Um, when when I'm doing a sound check, a solo sort of sound check thing, the audio sounds loud enough and clear enough. When I'm editing the podcast, <coughs> excuse me, in Audacity, I'm noticing my audio is a bit lower. But then when I publish the episode and then listen to the published version, my audio sounds like what it did before. So if anybody who's well listening to me talk right now, um, let us know what the audio levels are like and stuff. I've had a look at the mic settings and things like that. Um, Robert, you can obviously hear me clearly. We've been talking for about 15 minutes or so. Um, do I sound sort of good and like good volume and all that? Yeah, you sound good. I mean, every now and then there'll be a lag spike, but that's more internet than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's more to do with that. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting, though, because sometimes you could be listening to the exact same piece of audio. You change your listening device, so your pair of earphones or headphones, and it just changes totally what it sounds like. So, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, audience, let us know if um, there's anything going on with that. I just wanted to kind of mention that as, as that part. Because, I, obviously, I can only listen to the version that I've got through my own headphones, so... Um, I can't listen to the podcast for other people. So, anyway, uh, let's move on from that. Um, CD Projekt Red are looking to make a few new video games. And we have some information about it here. CD Projekt Red is officially working on a Cyberpunk sequel. So, Cyberpunk 2077. The Witcher Trilogy, which they technically already have one, but I suppose this is a new trilogy. And more. Uh, The new Cyberpunk will prove the full power and potential of the Cyberpunk universe. Um... Let's see what this says here. CD Projekt Red is officially working on Cyberpunk sequel, Witcher trilogy, and more. Um, Working on a sequel, a new trilogy of Witcher games, Witcher spin-offs, and an original IP. Which is always nice to see, new IP in this industry. I mean, we want a bit bit of a mix of everything, right? Remakes, sequels, Mm spin-offs, remasters of old games. You know, we we want a good amount of... Equal amount of each, obviously, new IPs as well. The news comes via a broad overview of CD Projekt Red's development pipeline published on Tuesday, in which it revealed it intends to support three franchises going forward, uh, Cyberpunk, Witcher, and a new IP. The Cyberpunk sequel, codenamed Project Orion, so it won't be called Cyberpunk Orion, I very much doubt that, uh, will be developed by CD Projekt Red North America and a new studio opening in Boston in the USA, and prove the full uh, power and potential of the cyberpunk universe, which it does have a lot of potential. I think that's a very flexible IP, Um, and flexible IP is very, very good for um, making more content from that thing. So um, the company said, work on Orion, which is a new game, will begin uh, after the release of the upcoming expansion Phantom Liberty, which was already announced as coming next year, uh, CG Project Red said in a investor call. Um, our plans are certainly ambitious. We can talk about that in a minute. And call for a great deal of work, dedication and further growth. CG Project VP Piotr, I'm not going to try to pronounce the surname, uh, said in a statement, um, this is why we're setting up a new team in Boston, which together... Um, which together working with the expanding Vancouver team will form our new studio CG Project Red uh, North America as a result will be fully um, tap um, into will fully tap sorry into the North American talent pool um, the company's original IP code named Project Hadar or Hadar I think H-A-D-A-R has been incubated since late last year and is currently in the con- uh, in the conception phase by a small team, and will be distinct from the Witcher and Cyberpunk, uh, which those two things are already wildly different anyway. I mean, you're talking about fantasy and then like futuristic sci-fi, so that's that's good anyway. Um, 
so who knows this could be like a i don't know western or who knows what it could be so uh cg project um business development boss Michael uh, emphasized that while work was still early on Hadar, it's important to understand right now we're working on basic concepts and laying the groundwork for this new franchise. So early um, stage development, basically. Um, on the Witcher front, uh, CD Projekt confirmed that the fourth mainline Witcher game, which had already been announced earlier this year, I think they just said new Witcher game, I can't remember them putting a name to it, so, announced earlier this year will be the start of a new trilogy, we already had of course Witcher 1, 2 and 3 all three games are planned to be released within six year period after the first it said, um, so I guess 2, 2 and 2 so one game in two years, next game two years, next game two years, that's probably how you would how you would do that if you could, it said, um, CG Project Red is officially, uh, yeah we've already read that bit in addition to the new trilogy, an innovative take on the Witcher universe is in development at the Molasses Flood, the American studio behind Flame in the Flood. Um, it acquired last year. Remember, they brought a little studio last year, which is good to help them out. Um, codenamed Project Sirius, so uh, S-I-R-I-U-S. CD Project describes that project as an unforgettable story for existing Witcher fans and new audiences. The game will be set in the Witcher universe, but it differs um, from our past releases in that it targets a much broader audience. Um, the game will provide both single-player and multiplayer gameplay, which is interesting as well. I don't think CD Projekt Red has done multiplayer yet, have they? Apart from, like, Gwen Online, if that had an online... Version. Yeah, I think I think Gwent Online is the yeah, only one I can get, think of. You could get that as a separate game, couldn't you? I think mm -hmm. outside of the Witcher games. So, um, in terms of like Cyberpunk and Witcher, uh, they've not done like what we consider traditional sort of multiplayer stuff. So, uh, announced as well, they're working on another full-fledged Witcher game with a third-party studio led by ex-Witcher veterans. Um, Project Canis uh, Majoris is a story. Sorry, Project Canis Majoris is a story-driven single-player open-world game RPG set within the world of the Witcher universe. Um, just seeing if I need to read like every single thing here. Um, yeah, basically they're working on a on a bunch of stuff for, for those. I think we get the gist here. Um, so yeah, those are the first names of some of those. So we have the name of the new IP, or the code name for it, the name of the Cyberpunk sequel, and the name of the first, well, code names for, for all these three games. So um, I'll just read these last couple of bits here. We are doing this to create new exciting ways of interacting with our brands and also to enable our internal teams to focus on what drives us as a company, developing revolutionary role-playing games. There's also a little bit of information here that Cyberpunk 2077 hit 20 million of sales which is uh quite impressive as well um probably because of the um i forgot to talk about that actually i've watched four or five episodes of the edge runners show it's the anime a anime show on netflix it's really quite good actually um it doesn't seem to have much to do with the characters we know from the game it's like different characters but like callbacks to the world that they're in and all that sort of stuff it's it's really quite good um so we have all of that going on. Uh, and then the last bit here, uh, we see Pro CD Projekt Red as a growing force shaped by teams which take pride in their achievements and take bold steps to realise their ambitions. Um, I think this is very good news. I do like how in this news piece they... Because a few, a few of the kind of concerns from this have been, okay, you kind of rushed a little bit, um, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. It didn't come out on the greatest of footing. Why are you announcing, like... 
there's essentially three new games. I've, I know they said two other trilogies and then a new IP, but there's basically three games in development right now, which is the new IP, Cyberpunk game, and the Witcher game. But they've laid out here, and, and, they, and they've posted news before about, hey, we've bought this little team, and this little team is going to be supporting with this. So n for, from now going forward is really the case of, okay, our next thing is what this Phantom Liberty expansion for for Cyberpunk. Once that's done, so that that's probably going to be the last thing for Cyberpunk because they're going to be working on the sequel. Um, as long as they manage the teams well enough and nobody gets you know crunched too much or anything like that, um, I still do trust CD Projekt Red. I thought, um, I mean, in terms of the actual games and stuff, I think Witcher Three was a bit of a bigger success. I think than than Cyberpunk. Um, I remember there was there was some stories about when Witcher Three came out and it w wasn't working as great. But by the time I'd gotten to the Witcher Three, it was working pretty great. So um, I don't know. Th th there is there is like it's okay to be sort of concerned about this, I suppose, because you know you, you'd look at okay how much you struggled to recover with one game and now you're announcing three basically. Um, but during the last what has it been two years since cyberpunk came out they have like bought new they have like reorganized things and sort of brought new little teams like support teams and stuff um as long as they because what they're kind of trying to do here it in in to a certain degree not to the exact same extent this reminds me a little bit of you know when kevin feige gets on stage right and he says hey you know about the next couple of films so for like next year and the year after but here's our like phase five and six plans we're gonna leave a few little gaps for you to guess because there's some gaps in like phase six or whatever but that th you know when kevin feige gets on that comic-con stage and he gets that board up and it shows the timeline thing and it's like this is fall of this year early next year summer of this year fall of that you know that that kind of thing this isn't the exact same thing as that but it is sort of saying hey here's what we're trying to get out next here's what the other things that we're working on um, which, to be honest, I, I know I know that we know the next few films from DC, but I'd really like DC to do that as well, but obviously they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with. Um, but it, I do find it, as long as the the time frame or the um, plan that they've got pans out, I mean, sure, you, you're going to move things a little bit here and there, right? Like, j just because you say, like, hey, next year on June 10th, this thing is coming out, it might move to May or July or August, um, but then there might be reasons things might move around for different reasons. So you're not always going to get like permanent dates for stuff. Because um, right now we have, I can't remember the exact date, but we have like a date for Fantastic Four. Doesn't mean it's going to come out on that exact same date, but you know it's it's on the way and that's when it's targeted for. Um, where you start to mess things around a bit is where you start delaying things for a year and then another year, then another six months. And it's like, okay, that's not just reorganizing, that's when something's in trouble. Um, so I suppose all that we can do now is um and they didn't i don't think they mentioned within this about a second season for edge runners but that would be kind of interesting is like hey phantom liberty's next that's the next thing you have to look forward to um i don't think they've put a date on that but as long as they kind of at least go with some of what they've got planned and it goes relatively well um uh, what do you think of uh cd project red's kind of plans here oh uh, well it's always good to have some sort of plan and i never begrudge anybody for having ambitious plans i mean that's kind of the whole point of a mm. few things i just hope they've learned um enough from the cd brought from the uh, cyberpunk launch um to one to temper expectations and temper 
getting something out on a schedule versus getting something out when it's ready. Um, obviously, since it is a business, it does have to bring in money at some point. That's the hardest thing with some of these game companies is that not all of them have a game like Grand Theft Auto Online to where they have a guaranteed, well, semi-guaranteed income every single month for people buying the shark cards or years, buying man. Fortnite skins or whatever. So they often have to have, you know, 20 uh, pots and pans going at the same time to try to keep the lights on. So there's always that infinite juggling act. Mm-hmm. I just hope that whether it's a new Witcher game or a new IP or something in the same cyberpunk universe, I just hope that it comes out in a working state and it's enjoyable. Really? I mean, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that also might have gotten cyberpunk caught up a little bit. I'm not putting this out there as an excuse. It's just a sort of note is that period of what was it December December it came out right December 2020 mm-hmm. that was still a point where like okay cross gen cross gen games are still coming out now but there's a different there's a difference between like a cross gen game which is something like Disney Dreamlight Valley where okay there's not like loads of stuff going on to where okay there's going to be a night and day difference between the PS5 and PS4 version on the Switch a game like that might be a little bit different but when you're talking about a massive game like Cyberpunk that has got so much stuff going on and you're developing, because um, it's going to be interesting to see what God of War is like with this as well, uh, Ragnarok in uh, in about a month. These these bigger games that do demand a lot more um, power. Yeah, a lot more, a lot more power and process. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think Cyberpunk kind of got caught a little bit in the middle of that. And again, that's not an excuse for, for you know, how they launched or anything but you sort of look at that and you think because obviously they had investors on their back and whatever else was going on um if you were to look at that and think okay if you delayed six months or a year got rid of it and this sounds kind of like maybe greedy in a certain way but if you would have like got rid of the ps4 and xbox versions and just made it just a next gen only game um and just focused on that because that's also a problem with sort of um, games like Horizon and God of War and some of these other ones that are like hybrid releases is sort of, okay, you're trying to like really push this game to its limits on its PS5, PC, Series X. Those are really the three big places, right? The Series X, PC, PS5. And then when a dev has to look and think, okay, we're going to make this game work on what, Xbox One, PS4, uh, Series S I don't think is as big of a problem. Um, but like PS4 and in some, in some cases Switch, it's like, okay, how do we... How do we sort of do that? Um, an example I'll give on the other side. So you've got something like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Where, okay, that game demands a bit more than what Modern Warfare 19 does. But even after coming out of the beta for Modern Warfare 2. I, I look at that and I think, okay, I don't think the PS4 version of this game will struggle. It just won't be as good. Whereas, and that that's me kind of trying to compare COD to something like Cyberpunk. I still think Cyberpunk and games like The Witcher would possibly demand more maybe a developer could tell me that i'm wrong about that i don't don't know but um yeah that that's sort of how i how i look at that and i I think they got a little bit caught with that and then when there was news about sort of okay we're trying to make like a next-gen version of these it's like okay but if you didn't have to make the ps4 versions would that have helped you get that next-gen game of the uh version of the game out sooner or like how would that have helped your development sort of process it's interesting though because um what was it De- December twenty twenty? Um, we w- was when we actually got it. 
that game was initially announced, what, the E3 before that, when Keanu came out on stage for April. So, mm-hmm. the and that's like, a, what, another six, seven, eight months or so? Um, what what would that version of the game been like if it did come out in April? Because it would have been even less ready by then. So, and I want to say that original trailer that I got, got everybody hyped up was like 2015, 2016, something like that. Yeah, that that original like teaser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but no, when when Keanu came out on stage and he's like, "Hey, do you want to know the release date?" and the crowd was all going wild and all that, they said April at that point. Then they said something like was it september october and i was like hey we can't quite get it out for that december so again hopefully within the last two years they've um reorganized things they've got some new teams in which is good um so we'll, we'll see what they can come out with but I, i'm looking forward to all of this for now um we have no idea what this new ip is going to be about they said it's going to be something different so uh you got the cyberpunk which is the sci-fi stuff witcher which is the fantasy stuff wonder what other era because if, they, if you're going to go for a different genre i don't know if you'd go i, I couldn't really see i couldn't really see cd project red doing a first person shooter May, maybe something like a western although red dead kind of does that um what what other genre of game do you think they could do for, for this new ip maybe crime drama it hasn't been done since uh that game la noir came out and they've got some maybe, inroads yeah. into Hollywood productions maybe make a uh, full motion video game like we've been seeing with some of the smaller developers um, mm-hmm. come up with some really good high quality games. Yeah. Um, There's mostly just actors in front of green screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we shall see. Um, yeah, we know it's it's on the way. Uh, so we'll see when they decide to talk next. But I imagine the next thing to focus on and look at, uh, if you haven't seen Edge Runners, which is that show, and then uh, Phantom Liberty next year. Um, let's talk about, uh, I'm assuming you watched it as well, the new Mario trailer came I out, did. and we got to hear a couple of voices. Um, to me there is two, well, three voices, but two sort of main ones, which is Mario and, uh, Bowser. Obviously there was a few other people speaking in that trailer as well. Um, I've got very different thoughts on both voices, because one of them really works quite well, and one of them, one of them isn't necessarily a bad version of the voice, it's just a sort of like... Oh, okay, that's that's weird. Um, so they start off the trailer, you see Bowser talking first. He has like two sets of different lines. Um, I thought Jack Black sounded great um, as, as Bowser. Uh, I didn't really have any specific doubts about him. The big question mark throughout this whole film, because they announced the cast a while ago, didn't they? Like mm-hmm. Keegan-Michael Key and a um, bunch of other people, obviously Chris Pratt. And the main question mark, uh, you've got like Charlie Day as Luigi and all these other people as well. The main question mark was, what is Chris Pratt going to sound like as Mario? So he opens his mouth, he gives two lines, doesn't he? He says, what is this place? And then he's hopping around the end of the trailer, or near the end of the trailer. And I think he says, Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. And then you do see Luigi after that. He's running away from something, but you don't hear him speak. I think he sounds kind of strange as as Mario. Um, the The difference here for me... I have watched TV shows with, um, like, American characters played by people that were British that I didn't know were British until I found out. And I've seen that in the other way around as well. So, Americans doing English accents or English people doing American accents. You you can get away... They've been getting away with that for, for years. I mean, for those of you that don't know, you've got um, Andrew Lincoln, Lauren Cohan and Lenny James, those are at least the three that I know. They're all British, and they do American accents 
on Walking Dead. I know there's different types of American accents, isn't there? But mm-hmm. they do that pretty well. Um, and I think one of them, I don't know which one. Um, I didn't know that they were British for for a bit of time, not for like ages and ages, but for a bit of time until I knew who the actors were. I can't remember which one it was, but one of the, one of them I didn't know was British until I uh, until I found out randomly. Um, and that works pretty well, so you can get away with that. So if, because obviously Mario traditionally was called the Italian plumber, isn't he? That's like one of his one of his many nicknames. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Pratt obviously is American. Um, I just don't know. I can't think of other examples. I'm, I'm sure there is other examples of Americans trying to do Italian accents or British people trying to do Italian accents. Um, you can try to to do it and whatever, but. It sound it sounded it stuck more out in the second line when he says Mushroom Kingdom. It was a little bit longer and a little bit more to it. It sounded like instead of oh that's Chris Pratt as an Italian Mario, it sounded to me like that's Chris Pratt trying to do an Italian Mario. And look, that doesn't mean that the two voice lines he gave that's what he's going to sound like for the entire. How long do you reckon this film is? Ninety minutes, roughly. Yeah, I gotta figure it's going to be like ninety minutes to an hour to like two hours close. Yeah, um, like but there's there's always voices that you never know until you know. Like, I kind of had heard of Hugh Laurie uh, before he got the role in House. Didn't know he was British. Uh-huh. Um, Rose McIver from I Zombie. She's Australian. I mean, then there's just some voices that if it's not that voice, it just doesn't. Uh, Peter Cullen is Optimus Prime. That's something that I've heard pretty much all my life. If they ever do anything else, Transformers, and it's not Peter Cullen, it doesn't sound like Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's just always going to be voices like that. There's one example where they get away with it, which is in, um, I think his name is Matthew Hanks, Tom Hanks' brother. In, in certain iterations, I think in some of the video games mm-hmm. of Toy Story, his brother does the voice for uh, for Woody instead of Tom. I think his name is Matthew yeah. Hanks, is it? Um, I think yeah, but having like a direct relative, you're gonna have the same right. That's that's where you get to you get, you get to get away with some of that, yeah. Um, and there's been certain games and stuff I played a Toy Story where later I found out it wasn't Tom, and I was like, oh, didn't really sound any different. So that's pretty good. Um, if but... you want to see Chris doing an accent, he was on an episode of uh, Graham Norton show, and he was talking about how when he was in London filming the first Guardians movie, him and his then at the time wife got really addicted to The Only Way is Essex, and he just was <laughs> able to just flawlessly recreate that accent. And he mm. does it on stage, and it's fairly believable. Yeah. So I figured if he got a, if he, if they really wanted him to be, like, Italian with his accent, and he got a good vocal, cho- court, a vocal coach, he could probably pull that off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I was reading some stuff yesterday about like, oh, Chris has played hours and hours of the game and this this sort of stuff. That's good for his research. That doesn't specifically, I mean, unless he's been trying to copy the voice he's heard or whatever. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being nitpicky. Whatever. Um, some people said, hey, it sounds fine. This film will be fun. I'm I'm sure this film will be fun because that's the the goal of it. Um, we'll see what the other cast sound like when we get other trailers. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It, I, I didn't. I didn't quite buy the, the the Italian accent part of it. I think Jack Black sounds sounds great. Um, he's got that very sort of that deepish sort of voice, which is which is cool. Uh, what do you think of Jack Black as as uh, Bowser? I think Jack Black could pull off Bowsery. They're, from what I gathered from the trailer, they're doing like super bombastic, over the top, <laughs> you know, 
twirling your mustache, tie the tie you to the uh, railroad track. Soon, my death ray will destroy Metropolis. Kind of an evil villain, mm. which I'm all for. I think we've as like as much as I do like character development in the bad guys. Sometimes you just want somebody to be evil for the sake of being evil. So, mm. yeah. Uh, aside from that, the trailer was good. I, I think the rest of it looks like good fun, which is the idea. Uh, I just don't know about that Chris Pratt um, accent. So there we go. Um, that's our thoughts on the Mario trailer. Uh, but it's good to finally have uh, the reveal of that. I think that's very cool. Um, news next news piece uh, is very very much rumor. This is not confirmed or anything. It's fifty fifty possible, but it's not confirmed. So. There we go. Um, so this year's Call of Duty, which is going to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which is going to be the 2022 version of Call of Duty, um, will be getting two years of support, which we already knew. So it, so there won't be, there's not supposed to be a Call of Duty game for 2023. Um, I don't know about 2024, nothing's been published about that, or if it's going to be one of the other games, but there's a, a rumour that was reported in multiple places, discussed all around the COD community. That the 2025, so in three years' time, uh, Call of Duty game is going to be Call of Duty Advanced Warfare 2. Now, just to take you back to last week, Tuesday, um, when you would have heard Geek Town. No, sorry, not Tuesday. The week before that. The, week, the most recent week that I was on. I think it was the week before. Um, and uh, I discussed my, my thoughts on there on the, on the beta. And I, I did a quick little recap of sort of Modern Warfare's timeline, which is 2007, COD 4 Modern Warfare. Uh, then a few years later, Modern Warfare 2. A few years later, Modern Warfare 3. Then we got some like other weird games, which was like, Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, all these other like Black Ops and stuff like that. And then 2019, Modern Warfare came back. And now we've got the sequel, three years later, which is Modern Warfare 2. That's a brief kind of breakdown of that. So that little period that I talked about there, which I describe it as where Call of Duty went sort of weird and, and wrong and changed its DNA... Uh, that is the time period when we got Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, which was the first game. There was another game which was very similar called Infinite Warfare. Um, the main issue with those games... Now, some people did like it, and if you liked it, cool. Good good for you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you've enjoyed something in a game that you played. That's always a good thing. Um, was you'd add things like the futuristic jetpacks, and you'd have things like wall running, and all this like... All this Titanfall-esque, not quite Halo, because Halo's obviously far out in the future. This sort of more Titanfall Apex Legends type stuff, where there was more sort of robotic things going on. I, I know in the COD games you can get things like drones and stuff, but drones is a pretty modern day thing anyway. Um, but you're talking like gravity boot type of things like that. Um, to me, to me it doesn't really... I mean, I, I my preference is Call of Duty to be the modern warfare games that they're set in the modern age and I, I that's just my personal preference. The one thing that COD should always try to do, which is called boots on the ground. And obviously you've not got your boots on the ground if they're running across the wall or floating through the air because you've got jetpacks on or whatever. Um so the other the other times where I find COD acceptable but not my personal preference is when you've got like Cold War and the World War Two games and like the Black Ops series. That's fine. That's still COD with boots on the ground. That's just a different time period that I don't have a personal preference towards. So you've got like Vanguard and Cold War and uh, the World War Two game and all, all these other sort of different ones. So that that's just the, the difference to me. COD should always be boots on the ground. Whether you prefer a different time period is is perfectly fine. Um, 
I think this would be a mistake if this game were to come out. Now, don't get me wrong, this game will still probably sell very well because it's got the COD name on it. Um, the thing I'm finding actually at the moment, which is very interesting, I, I, I kind of half expect this to happen, not this particular announcement. I've noticed something's happened to the the trust on the name COD in the last couple of years. So, Modern Warfare 19, I call it 19 by the way, not because it's the 19th Modern Warfare game, but it came out in 2019, that's just what people call it. Or MW19. That game came out, people really enjoyed it, it, had, it was like a kind of a, you know, um, a shot in the arm for, for the COD franchise, because they started pumping out these sorts of games. Then Cold War came out, then Vanguard came out, and Warzone came out. And there was a myriad of problems with those games. The Vanguard story wasn't great. People didn't really enjoy the Cold War stuff. Uh, the multiplayer for both games wasn't very good, particularly, I, I would say, for, for me, the Cold War. Because I have dabbled in both the games just to see what they were like. Um, the Cold War multiplayer is really, really bad. The Vanguard one's alright, it's just not my personal preference. Have given COD this sort of particularly bad name. And I have seen a lot of comments this year... You know, as the beta was coming out and new trailers and things like that, of people kind of saying, you know, oh, COD's not good anymore, look at the last couple of games. That's interesting and confusing for two reasons. One, because, and it, it, it's fine not to know, but certain people don't know that, okay, Modern Warfare, Cold War, and Vanguard were made by three different development teams. You've got support studios across them, but you've got Sledgehammer, Infinity Ward, Treyarch. They're different teams, and that they work on the different series because they handle those games like that and it's like taking shifts or, or or swapping out uh one year one game comes out next year next next game comes out um I've, I've even seen some comments about like oh isn't this modern warfare the same as vanguard and cold war and i'm like no it's not even in the same time period <laughs> how can it be uh, n none of those games have anything in common because they're all in different time periods and different maps and weapons and things like that um COD has gotten itself a bit of a rough name over the last few years. Warzone pissed people off for certain reasons, and you got the whole useless Kong Godzilla edition thing. Then Vanguard wasn't very good, Cold War wasn't very good. Um, I I feel that it, even if Modern Warfare 2, which is coming out in a few weeks, even if that game comes out and is great, people obviously got things they're going to not be happy with it about it, and, and that sort of thing. If that comes out and gives COD like a new shot in the arm that it kind of needs... And then we get that two years of support, people are happy for a couple of years, and then this comes out, and it does what the first game did, which is like, what the hell is this, what's happened to COD? That will just bring us back to the point right now, where people are sort of looking at COD and being like, what, what, what is this, this isn't COD, and sort of not trusting the franchise. Still not quite realising that, okay, those are going to be different games from different teams. Um... Not that it's good. it's not going to cause COD to have any less sales because Vanguard, I think, which came out last year, I think was the best-selling game of last year. So it won't it won't affect the sales and the money. It will just affect the critical response, the the feedback from from it. So I really hope this. Obviously, I'm I'm not going to play Advanced Warfare 2 because that's just not COD in any way, shape, or form to me. Uh, still very much looking forward to Modern Warfare 2 in a few weeks. Um, but I think this would I think this would be a mistake. I really do. Whether or not game development's already started on this and it's too late, I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't work for whoever's going to be making this game. Um, we shall see. We shall see what happens. Obviously, 2025 is way out. we got to get the Modern Warfare 2 game out first, and then whatever's going to come out after that. I'm just trying to figure out, though, because 2022, Modern Warfare 2. 2023 is the second year of support for Modern Warfare 2. I don't know what's supposed to come out in 2024. 
Um, whether it's going to be Black Ops 5, maybe? Um, I don't know. We shall, uh, we shall see. Uh, Robert, I know these aren't particularly your types of games. Um, what do you think of this uh, rumoured news, though, and everything I've just discussed? Honestly, like, I, like I've said way too many times, I know I sound like a broken record at this point, I'm just not in that game sphere to really get a grasp on everything that you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree with you that the game needs to be fun. I mean, obviously, that's you would think that's a given, but sadly, sometimes people forget, hey, maybe this game should be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be playable. We haven't always gotten to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you should take feedback seriously to the point to where is this a legitimate issue or is this just somebody complaining about not being good obviously that's a delicate balance to maintain uh with any online competitive game um and it's just one of those things that i hope that it's enjoyable for the most number of people possible so fair enough fair enough um yeah i just think just on a fundamental base level just have these games be boots on the ground because if you don't want that, that's why series like Halo Infinite and Apex and Titanfall, and if you like those games, that's that's good. Um, but COD should just be boots on the ground. Regardless of time period or whatever, it should just be boots on the ground. So, we shall see. Uh, this game's a long, long way off being announced or anything like that, so we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, Robert, that's what I've got to talk about this week. How about you? Uh, well, first up, if you're a big fan of Games Workshop and you're in the market... For a new gaming PC, they've just announced that they're giving away two computers. Uh, the way you get into it is that you have to sign up for Warhammer Plus, which I didn't know was a thing. And honestly, I'm kind of over every single thing being a subscription service at this point. Um, <laughs> but it is not overly expensive. It's uh, five pounds, which makes it six US dollars per month. And it gives you access to Warhammer animations, which I didn't know there was. Hobby shows, old publications, free miniatures, and other perks. Whether you are a new or existing subscriber, a chance to win one of two gaming PCs is part of this. Uh, one of them is themed in the Warham- Total War Warhammer 3 art style to celebrate the open beta of Immortal Empires, while, which, uh, while the other features Grey Knights from the Warhammer 40k Chaos Gate Demon Hunters. Uh, they did release the specs. The Demon Hunters PC, not really overly impressed, but it is uh, RTX 3080 graphics card, which is pretty good. Um, and a Intel i7 uh, CPU. All right, not great, but it's okay. Uh, the Warhammer 3 Total 1 is a bit more kitted out. It's got a Intel Core i9 uh, 12.9K CPU, which is one of their topper lines. Uh, also is the NVIDIA GE Force RTX 3080 10 gigabit graphics card very top notch uh, 1 terabyte SSD pretty decent power supply um, the specs are pretty good on it as for if you just subscribe by the end of October to be eligible to win either machine um, you can get bonus entries for following Chaos Gate on Twitter and for uh, to- following Total War on Twitter as well in addition, just signing up, you will get a Ogre Kingdoms DLC for the Total War Warhammer 3 game and a copy of Hex Grid strategy game Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War. Those are being handed out as Steam keys on November 1st with the drawing on November 2nd. 
Cool. Um, I agree with what you said near the start, which is um, as as to you know how many subscriptions do we have for different things? Obviously, a normal thing in this day and age is hey, subscribe to Netflix or Apple or Amazon to get you know TV shows. Obviously, with Amazon, you also get um, you know deliveries and stuff or cheaper deliveries, whatever. But whatever the case may be, you get your Prime with that way. Um, and we we used to kind of live in a day and age when we had um, what were they called? They were like see not not season passes. We still get some season passes, but used to have they were a bit sort of different than that. Um, now you have like more sort of battle passes and things like that. Uh, COD's got a battle pass which I I brought in season mm-hmm. one way back way back in 2019 because obviously I was like, hey, what's this thing? I'll try it out for the season and it didn't really give me anything else so I never bought it again um but uh yeah it's I, I remember there was a rumor actually going around I think it was for Modern Warfare 2 and they said the things that you'd need to play the game is obviously a console of some kind or a PC uh if you're playing on um you know online you'd need a subscription then the game and then like Call of Duty online that didn't that that last one didn't really manifest um that didn't really sort of happen because um, technically the Call of Duty Online thing is kind of battle pass, but you don't you don't need it to play the game. You just need your online thing. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of subscriptions for stuff, so we just have to kind of manage that. Uh, I'm not a Warhammer player myself. I do hear um, good kind of things about them and stuff. So um, yeah, we'll see what comes out of this. Yeah, and it's not like this is like a new-ish franchise. I was playing oh, yeah, the miniatures yeah. back in the early '90s. Um, so it has a really long history with having content. I just didn't know any of that could be part of any kind of like streaming service, which is super weird, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little disappointed with the one computer. I mean, obviously, with the world the way it is, they can't get it out to max stats, but it, it just seemed a little underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Amazon, by the way, um, I saw something on at work on Friday. I was in a computer room where I was cleaning and doing my normal thing. Uh, I was chatting to one of the teachers, just had a conversation about whatever, while I was still working. And I saw on the windowsill they had, obviously they get Amazon deliveries because they buy stuff for the school. And um, although the package was upside down, I noticed, you know on the black strip of an Amazon package, it had it had the names of some of their shows. It said like Rings of Power and some other stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of interesting. Because I think there are people out there that subscribe to Amazon Prime and they're like, oh, I'll get this for deliveries. But they don't know that there's a whole streaming service with, like, you know, the boys and Rings of Power and all these other things. Um, I guess that's a good way to sort of tell them. Because um, even mm-hmm. if they send, even if they have to send you an email and say, hey, you've you got Prime Video, you might not see the email or, or whatever. But um, putting it on the box of the things that you're buying from now, I think, is a, is a pretty cool marketing thing. Um, whether or not you don't look at that and you open your package and throw the package away, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, I just ready for uh, probably the most random fact of random facts about Amazon. Okay, go on. Do you know why part of the Amazon logo is that swooping arrow? No, why is that? You might because if you look at it, um, the arrow goes from A to Z, which is Amazon implying they have everything from A to Z. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Um, yeah, thought that was an interesting touch. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, next up, after a long delay, Valve has launched its official docking station for the Steam Deck, and it doesn't look like there's going to be that long of a wait to get it. We talked about this a few podcasts ago, mm-hmm. how Steam said they weren't having 
production issues with it because it didn't need as many chips and whatnot. Um, this was first unveiled at the Tokyo Game Show a few weeks ago um, as the prototype, and the display hasn't changed much from the official Steam Deck dock posting. Um, the inputs for the dock include three USB-A 3.1 ports, a display port for output, and HDMI 2.0. Unlike the Nintendo Switch dock, the display of the Steam Deck isn't covered, so you can use it without connecting it to an external display. While not overly expensive, it isn't the cheapest thing either. Its official listing price is $89 US, which puts it at 79 pounds in the UK. Uh, the upshot is that Valve announced that the Steam Deck will be available for orders without needing a reservation due to the fact that they don't have the supply chain issues versus getting the CPUs and the screens and whatnot for the deck. So if you have a Steam Deck already, you should be able to get the docking station fairly easily. Hmm. Nice. Um, so I'd not seen anything about this until you until you brought it up. I I remember we said about before they'd made a comment or whatever about their uh, the the Steam Deck um, docking thing. Um, so how does it work? If because obviously with with a Switch, the you the old idea with the Switch is that you slot it in, you take the Joy Cons off, you put the Joy Cons onto a grip, and then you use that. I don't think anybody does that anymore. But how how does that work with the Steam Deck? I'm sure since there's multiple USB ports it, and it's basically a mini computer, you can just use like a USB dongle for a controller. Okay. Or if it's a Bluetooth controller, you could probably pair it to Bluetooth. I'd have to check, but I, I would be shocked if the Steam Deck didn't have some sort of Bluetooth functionality. If nothing else, then for headphones. Um, right, some sort of USB. But yeah, that would, be, that would be my guess. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, again, Steam Deck isn't something I'm looking at. I still think the controller looks a bit strange, especially the one with the action buttons on, because I think the analog stick's too close to it. I've not heard any specific complaints about that, though. But, um, yeah, for those PC players out there, there you go. Um, but I've not even really played on my Switch that much recently. Um, I, I have still got Switch Sports and Kirby in in my list, so I could, I could be playing them this time next week. Who knows? Um... But uh, yeah, good for those players out there that want that. So that is good. Uh, all right, what's your other story? Uh, the last one I have for this week is kind of the the big news article for the week. Brazil has given the go ahead for Microsoft to purchase Activision Blizzard. In a decision released a couple of days ago, the country's administrative council for economic defense approved the merger quote without restrictions. End quote, clearing the way for the deal to proceed in Brazil. This is another big win in Microsoft's journey to purchase Microsoft uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, in a lengthy accompanying document, uh, CAID, which is the Brazilian Council, it's just their acronym, it's easier to say CAID, um, concluded that Sony's complaint about losing Call of Duty had no merit. The reason? Because Call of Duty wasn't on Steam for several years and still isn't on the Switch and neither of those platforms are suffering because of it. Hmm. From the report, quote, The absence of Call of Duty in recent years did not prevent Steam from occupying a leading position in the ranking of digital stores, especially in the Brazilian market. As for the Switch, Kate says that the relevance of Activision Blizzard games on the platform's success is minimal. Kate does not accept that Sony could, in theory, be harmed by losing Call of Duty players, and it's worth remembering that Microsoft has repeatedly said that it won't take games off of PlayStation. 
Unfortunately for Sony, the company is unique in that regard, and Cade is straightforward that its mission is to protect the competition as a means of promoting the well-being of the Brazilian consumer and not the defense of a particular interest of its specific competitors. So there won't be any swooping in to protect Sony from Microsoft buying it. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously this deal is far from done. There's only two countries, because both Microsoft and Activision Blizzard are global companies, and so far two, company, two countries have only said yet, yeah, that's good. Uh, the other one being Saudi Arabia, which don't know how big of a gaming market there is in Saudi Arabia, but apparently it's enough for them to weigh in on it. And they said, yeah, go ahead. Hmm. Um, the, the big old news is if, if and when this passes, both in the European Union, UK, and America, which is when we can pretty get close to calling this thing done, done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is good news in terms of the overall situation of stuff. I do want Microsoft to make this purchase. Um, because we have to remember, it's not just in it's not just a case of oh, will COD stay on PlayStation? Yes, I, I I'm I'm ninety nine percent, if not ninety nine point nine percent sure, COD will be staying on PlayStation. I could be wrong in a couple of years, but I I'd I'd be absolutely shocked if if Microsoft decided to take COD. Obviously, not this one coming out because you know this this is not part of that deal. Um, uh, but like future COD games, cause that's been one of the big discussion points. Is like oh, what what is PlayStation going to do if they lose COD? It would be stupid of Microsoft to take COD away from PlayStation because it's a juggernaut in the gaming industry. So, mm -hmm. um, although, yes, PlayStation would lose out if COD went off PlayStation, but Microsoft would also lose out because COD's one of the biggest selling games of the year every single year, regardless of quality. And Microsoft would simply be cutting away a big platform. Um, mm -hmm. So it would be it would be a lose for both of them. Um, the other The other part of that is, like, for me, in terms of military shooters and stuff, um, I mean, Battlefield's not doing anything right now. Um, I don't think PlayStation or anybody else could make a, let's say, a new IP or something to compete with COD, because COD's just too much of a big name. Um, it's like when other co companies come out and, like, if you were to try and make a FIFA or a GTA competitor, I know that Pez is out there, but Pez is kind of its own thing at this point um but like n nobody's going to be able to su successfully make like a gta competitor because the game's the, the, it's just that regardless of the n the quality of the thing it's the name like you look at cod and you look at gta you look at fifa um those are just massive massive household names mm -hmm. um there's the other side of this of course as well which is let's not forget all the sexual harassment stuff that happened over at activision which was caused not solely by bob uh Kotich, but obviously he was a massive part of that and he needs to get out and seeing... at a bare minimum he did nothing to prevent it right right yeah um if not contributed as well or you know there's obviously loads of loads of stories about that we covered that story for like three weeks in a row because news just, news just kept coming out over and over and i was like we can't just ignore this we might be sick of talking about it but we can't ignore it we're a games podcast yeah. and this is a massive massive thing um because hey even though we do cover games weekly we're not just going to talk about gameplays and trailers we have to talk about you know the situations that happen to the human because there's a human side of game development and we have to cover that sort of stuff it might not be nice but it's kind of what we have to do it, it would have been weird if we covered it for one week and then just ignored everything that would have been really strange so mm -hmm. um but uh that, that's calmed down seemingly at the moment but one, one kind of base way that i look at it is okay you got bobby kotic who's at the head of activision blizzard just to say not a good leader obviously i could call him worse things but i'm just gonna 
put a basic label on him as not a good leader, bad person, right? That's that's pretty fair. Phil Spencer, um, not the same type of allegations. In fact, most people say about how nice he is. I've seen clips and interviews and things like that where he seemed like a very nice person. Um, is a better leader than Bobby Kotick. So just in terms of... Because we have to remember, if you've got a company out there that makes something and they're doing a bad job of it, instead of just saying, oh, Activision is bad, Activision is just a name. Activision isn't the person. The person is Bobby Kotick. Or if you look at like, oh, another bad DC film, Warner Brothers sucks. No, it's the people that... Yeah, yeah the company's being run badly... All you have to do, I say all you have to do, it's a big process, is change the people at the top. That's when you start seeing results. And obviously, David Zaslav has had mixed results <laughs> with that. Um, but that's what you have to do. You have to head, you have to change the head of the, the company. And I don't think it's going to be... I think they're going to have a new CEO, but you're going to have Phil Spencer above that person, giving because they will own the company. So they'll be able to tell the new CEO, who probably won't be Bobby Kotick. I'd be shocked if it is, but shouldn't be. Um, about what to do so that in of itself is a good thing um, to get Phil Spencer in there instead of Bobby Kotick and then Phil can hire somebody or assume Phil or whoever it is can hire somebody who probably will need to be checked by Phil or whatever somebody that Phil can trust and given that Phil seems like somebody that we can trust as the gamers um, is a good thing whether or not you think Xbox has been putting out good games or games that you like again there's the human side and there's the gamer side they're a bit of two different things um also, if you take Bobby Kotick out, and then you sort of, let's say, take all the bad... Because it was the phrase, what, frat boy um, mm -hmm. atmosphere, or whatever it was called. Get that out of the company. F fire whoever it is that needs to be fired from that. And f freshen things up is, is what I'm trying to say. And that can make the working environment for these people better. One of the ways to do that, one of the very, very expensive ways to do that, is to make this acquisition go through. Because um, in terms for me, the other game, obviously, series I'm invested in is Crash... I've got no problem, um, and it also would make a certain amount of sense. Crash isn't like the obviously he's a big household name, but he does, Crash Bandicoot isn't going to sell as many copies as Call of Duty um, or uh, other related games. Yeah, and as someone it, who grew up in a college town, legendary for its partying, saying "frat boy" um, atmosphere is a whole another level of context. Yeah, I got a ton of stories, and none of them are safe for work. <laughs> right, right. Um, but let's say Crash Bandicoot Five or whatever came out, and they said, "Hey, this game is exclusive to Xbox." I've got no problem playing a Crash game on my Xbox. That's why I bought a new one, so that you know all these acquisitions Xbox have been doing, and Starfield, and all this sort of stuff, so I can play those on a well-working Xbox because my Xbox One started to not run so well. So. Yeah. And that's 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 why I got one of the disc drives so I can use that with Boomerang and start playing Xbox games. So if Crash if Crash Five or whatever game, although if there's a Crash game in development now, it probably won't be exclusive to uh, Xbox. It will probably be the next one after that. So, but yeah, and you, it's you, not you like when uh, yeah, and it's not like when Microsoft bought Bethesda and all those properties, they didn't cancel the contract right, to Death make Loop Deathloop and Ghostwire. and Ghostwire exclusive on PlayStation for whatever time that was. Now, obviously. As soon as that time was up, they got a, they got Deathloop onto Game Pass, Game Pass yeah. as soon as possible. I haven't seen Ghostwire yet. I, um, I haven't seen that on Download Game Pass. Deathloop. Ghostwire. I saw some gameplay of it. it. Yeah, Ghostwire is one I would at least try. I'm not overly interested in Deathloop. Um, yeah. But Ghostwire I would at least try because it's something different. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, it's one of those things that it's just, it is what it is, so. Mm-hmm. But for those reasons alone that I just laid out, which are all perfectly, I think, valid arguments, um, yes, it's very, very expensive. Obviously, none, none of that 70 billion is my money, so I'm not bothered. Um, if it means a better working environment for Activision Blizzard employees, getting Bobby Kotick out, and also a really big thing, this has kind of gone under the radar a little bit, I've mentioned it a number of times but I haven't seen it get mentioned on other places this mismanagement development thing of like, hey Vicarious Visions, you're going to remake Tony Hawk and Crash and then work on Blizzard games, it's like, what? what? and then hey Toys for Bob, you're going to go from working on Crash and I think Spyro to COD so what are you talking yeah. about, what? why? No, no, none of that makes any sense um getting getting that sorted out because the the developers that were already working on cod is more than enough developers um and then getting getting those some of those teams back on tony hawk and crash and spyro heck maybe in this would probably take a few more years that cancelled version of tony hawk 3 and 4 remaster which i'm not personally invested in but i saw how tony hawk fans responded they weren't very happy maybe you can revive that in a few years who knows and that's what you can do when you have your development resources in the right place you can make games that people want and care about rather than saying hey no tony no tony hawk you're going to work on call of duty so yeah that makes sense so um those three aspects are very good things um what do you think of the situation here yeah i agree i mean microsoft has what 23 studios now before this acquisition so uh-huh. and that's why i've never been the biggest fan of saying you know microsoft released this and microsoft released that it's like no this pub, this company made this game. Microsoft just helped get it out to more people. Because if you look at an Obsidian game versus another franchise, um, versus Bethesda game versus another game, you can see very, very different styles, even mm-hmm. though they're all technically under the Microsoft uh, banner. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, to me, good news. Um, whatever needs to happen with this, as long as it's good things that need to happen um if it's just approvals from different companies which it seems is the case um we'll see how that goes it's still going to be a good few years until this all fully is put into place but um yeah if this is done before 2025 i would be shocked (laughs) just because it has so much to get through Mm -hmm, definitely it's a lot of money as well so uh that's all the news you had yep cool we've got a couple of emails to get to if you would like to write into the show again uh please if you've had trouble hearing not necessarily the co-hosts but me on joint episodes please do let me know because i do need that feedback to make the episodes better um because i'm looking into getting a new microphone as well and other things like that so uh, any feedback on that would be very helpful so please do that because uh, i can level certain audio things out myself but if it's a case of like getting a new microphone uh that is something i'm looking into and considering anyway that feedback uh anything else that we discussed here what are your thoughts on the activision blizzard um was called acquisition yeah i forgot what the, what the word was called uh the acquisition there um your thoughts on advanced warfare 2 what cd project red is up to what have you been playing what are you looking forward to um matthew at entertainmenttalk.org twitter etalk uk there's a contact page and information in your show notes email box on the website version and a clickable email name in your show notes too to get to this week harrison writes in again and says uh we have heard you discuss um god of war ragnarok it has gone gold i thought i'd leave that out as a piece of news because we can discuss it here um has gone gold so yeah it went gold on friday i think because i was leaving work and i saw the news pop up so that was good uh how excited are you on a scale of one to ten 
Um, I would say a seven. I think this game will be good. Um, again, hybrid release, PS4, PS5. How much will that have held it back? We won't really know until we play it. Um, they've not the main kind of issue. They've not. I I would like a sort of uncut ten minute or five minute gameplay demo. Show me what's new. Show me what creators can do. Show me the new. Some of the new skills. I'm not expecting to have like a full. Here's the entire skill tree and everything you can do. I I can discover that for myself. But just tease us with a few sort of like. Here's a few new weapons. Here's a few new enemies. Here's some teasers for some stuff. Um, because that's usually what you do when you're releasing a game is you tell your audience, hey, here's some of not like here's everything, but here's some of our new features you can look forward to. And not they've not really done that yet at all. Um. I expect them to do that very, very... They're going to have to do it very, very soon because the game's out in literally about a month. Um, from what we have seen, from the very short glimpses of gameplay that we've seen, um, animations look too similar to the old game, I think, um, which is something that's kind of disappointing. This still looks like it's going to be the, hey, you know, big set-piece Kratos God of War game, which it, it's good at doing that. I just want it to try and do something else. Um... So I think it will be a good game. I will, my prediction is I'll end up giving it something like a don't skip. Just a safe, hey, seven, good, don't skip type of game. Um, I think I'll be disappointed in certain aspects with it, but I think it will be good. I don't think it will be a 10 out of 10 game of the year. Could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong. Um, but that's where that's where my expectations are at for it. Uh, you, Robert, on a scale of 1 to 10, um, how excited are you for God of War Ragnarok? Uh... Honestly, it's not even on my radar. I don't have a PS5, so I can't play it to its fullest. I have not a whole lot of faith that it's going to run very well on a PS4 mm-hmm. standard, just because of how graphically intense it looks like it's supposed to be. Um, so I hope that I'm wrong, that it runs 5 on a base PS4, that it comes out and they say, oh, unless you have a PS5 or a PS4 Pro don't even bother because in that kind of one defeats the purpose of having it cross generations like that. And two, it's not like the supply shortage has eased up at all trying to get a PS5. So it's not like people can just, oh, I kind of been wanting to do this for a while and just go out and get a PS5 and then get Ragnarok with it mm-hmm. and be like, ooh, here's all this fun stuff. Nope. Most people are going to be like, that looks cool. Sucks I can't play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and on a personal preference game thing, this, be- this game better have some good haptic feedback. Because I just played a remake of a game from 2013, and it had some very good haptic... I'm obviously talking about Last of Us Part 1, and that had some very good ideas and implementations of haptic feedback. I mean, so it's to do with the way, obviously, you feel games literally because of what your controller does in your hand. You have a Leviathan axe, which you can call back and catch. I'm expecting to feel something there. I'm expecting also something when he uses the chains. I mean, I'm going to be whipping those things around all over the place. There's going to be fire. And I have a sword, a shield, sorry, um, which I can hit enemies with and deflect and block. I'm expecting to feel something there. Um, also, if enemies, obviously I will take hits in this game. When enemies hit me, I'm expecting something there. Um, even something as simple as like... Let's say Kratos is up- upgrading his axe and somebody's like grinding a stone or something on it. A, a little bit of like scratching feeling. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a lot, but again, when you play games with haptic feedback, you kind of 
start to understand it a bit more. But um, things like that I expect to feel as well. Um, or if... I don't know, let's say Kratos is falling down a building and he's scraping his axe trying to, like, catch onto a ledge. There's some stuff there as well. Because, um, and it probably will have some haptic feedback, but I'm kind of picky sometimes about how it can be implemented. And this is a first-party in-house studio-developed game that's been in development since, what, 2018 um, was, was the last one. So I'm ex- I'm expecting some stuff. Um, and, yeah, once I play it on uh, in and around launch day, I'll do my review for it when I finish it. That's all I can all I can do. Uh, Beth writes in lastly and says, I love hearing Matt talk about COD. Thank you, I do talk about it a bit. Obviously, it's coming up and there's been news about it and I've been playing it. Whatever the situation is, uh, do you think you'll do a COD podcast? Uh, so what Beth is talking about here, obviously, I've done separate episodes talking about Call of Duty. I did my um, review of the 2019 campaign. Probably sometime a while ago, I did a review of the multiplayer for 19. Um... I did a, um, what's it called, review of the beta, did a beta impressions thing, all that type of stuff. I don't know about doing a dedicated podcast, um, I don't know, it might be, it, it might be one I might consider, but the, the problem with that is going to be, okay, how much news do I gather up or impressions or things I'm talking about, um, in order to do a new episode? Um, because I, I kind of find that sometimes with The Last of Us, like when we had the, that initial 20 seconds teaser of Joel speaking, not the full Last of Us trailer, but the other one, I was like, oh, I kind of have thoughts on that, like it was a really good voice line delivery, but that's not a whole podcast, and then the trailer came out and we saw like everybody properly, and I was like, okay, this is when I'm going to be talking about it, so, um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know, if, if I decide to make one at some point, I will do that, if not, I will just do one-off episodes about stuff, um, or whatever the case may be, I've, I've not decided is, is, is my answer, I'm considering it, it depends how things go over the next two years, um, but I have done separate episodes, anyway, I also don't know what I would call it, either, um, so, and the thing is, okay, two years down the line, Modern Warfare 2 still being supported, uh, if we get, like, I mean, if we get Advanced Warfare 2 in a few years, I'm not gonna be doing episodes about that, <laughs> um, so it's like okay, once once Modern Warfare Two is sort of run dry, so to speak, in a few years, um, what would I do episodes for then? Would I still be playing COD after that? Would I be waiting for the next Modern Warfare game? Because um, Last of Us, you know, you got factions, you got the TV show, going to be doing weekly reviews for. I've still not even done all all the other episodes I've got planned. There's loads of stuff for me to talk about with that. Um, but COD has got different things within its own franchise that I've got no interest in talking about. Um, like, you're not going to see me do, like, a Warzone review or anything like that, so, we'll see, we'll just have to see how it goes, but I don't mind, like, mentioning stuff on here or doing separate episodes, so, um, we'll see how it goes. Um, that's going to say, any thoughts on that, Robert, at all? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you came out with a dedicated, semi-regular COD podcast, I mean, hell, you got four other podcasts, 4,000 other podcasts, what's one more? (laughs) Hmm. I was actually looking through our episodes the other day, uh, through, through our, our our series the other day, and I was looking at the in so the individual shows we do reviews for, so like the weekly reviews, like you know Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. A lot of them have finished. Um, because I was kind of looking around, I was like, okay, Ted Lasso's not back yet. Flash isn't. We kind of wrapped Flash up and some of those other stuff. I Zombie finished ages ago. Watchmen isn't coming back. Game of Thrones, we're gonna do an episode on that. Walking Dead's kind of finishing. 
Um, I might start looking for some for some other new. I didn't realize until I looked. I was like, oh, this show is finished. This show is finished. And you got smaller things like Monsters at Work, which I think is coming back for season two. But that's not going to be all the time. Um, so I might start having a bit more of a bit more of a look into that. We shall we shall see. Um, the problem is with doing the weekly stuff like that is it, it's got to be aired in a timely manner over here. Obviously, depends on where the shows get picked up and whatnot. Um, it's also got to be a show that is viewed by a, at least a good amount of people. Um, it's got to be one that I'm interested in doing. Hey, week to week to week to week. You know, it might be talking six, ten, eight, thirteen weeks, whatever. Um, it's got to be something that fits a lot of different categories. So that's why that that's where season reviews fit a bit better. It's like, hey, one podcast for everybody to kind of go to if you're interested in discussion. And if you haven't seen that season or you want like, hey, should I jump into the season? There's a rating system. There's a spoiler-free section. There's other areas to jump into with that. So that's where season reviews can be really helpful. So because um, something like Working Mums, I wouldn't do weekly reviews for that because we also get it as a box anyway. So, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, a bit of a behind-the-scenes chat on uh, that sort of stuff. Anyway, we're going to wrap up here for today. Robert, thank you for joining me again. Thank you, everybody, very much for listening we'll be back next week with some more news um and in the next couple of weeks i'll be playing modern warfare 2 in in different situations so from the 21st campaign 28th is going to be the multiplayer so look out for all that you can find all that stuff if you want to so find more of our episodes as robert said there's a whole dozen of them uh six and a half years worth so entertainmenttalk.org podcast platforms entertainment talk tv games films main night podcast look out for the united cast later all that type of stuff uh, for all that if you want to support us in other ways you can also tell other people about our episodes what we do where they can find them either by telling them or using social media in whatever way shape or form you want to do that patreon five dollar ten dollar level tiers for the every podcast review options have a look out for that as well uh geek town radio tuesdays geektown.co.uk throughout the week tv and film news if you want to know about renewals cancellations pickups trailers air dates that type of stuff geek town radio tuesdays geektown.co.uk that's run by david so go and check out all that for fun twitch content you can find bex Streaming very regularly. I uh, still need to go and watch her Little Nightmares 2 stuff. But she's doing Little Nightmares 2, classic retro game streams, chat streams, all that type of stuff. Uh, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, mainly on Twitch, but also across other platforms as well. Me, E-Talk UK, uh, still going to be sticking to my Wednesday FIFA streams. We've not got long left of the season. Can I win the league? Can I win the Champions League? It's up for grabs if I can do well enough. E-Talk UK, Wednesdays from 8 UK time. Uh, so check out that. If you miss those episodes, don't worry, they'll be archived on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. That's also where you can find the game clips as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.